This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. show is about your calls. I do have some emails I would like to get to, but we're going to go to the phones first. And to the fun, we'll talk to Alex in New Jersey to start things out tonight. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live on the Ampli. Hey, guys. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? I got a letter in the mail from the Selective Service. And Uh-oh. I, yeah, I didn't fill it out when I turned 18, so obviously this is a, a problem. Um, now, my my dad looked at it. And he told me that uh, he asked me if I was going to fill it out, and I said no. And he said, "Okay, you're going to fill it out." And <laughs> I was, I wasn't very happy with his attitude uh, because I answered him very politely. And he said that he's tired of my civil disobedience bull s, and that uh, he's tired of me trying to make waves for stupid things, uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Uh, he told me that if I don't pay, f- uh, if I don't um, fill it out, then uh, he won't pay for college. Not oh yeah, he's pulled that not, one on you that, before, hasn't he? Yeah, not that I feel entitled to it, of course, because it is his money, and I respect whatever decision he makes. Yeah, but uh, th- you know, this is this is obviously uh, a point of uh, tension right now. So what I'm, I think I, I really have two choices. I could not fill it out mm-hmm. uh, and then move to New Hampshire and try to find a house and a job. Or I could fill it out, go to college, which is a vacation for four years, and never talk to my parents again. Wait, you're going you're gonna to go to college and after four years never talk to them again, or never talk to them again as soon as you go to college? Uh, well, I, I can uh, go both ways on that. Well, they're going to constantly hold this over your head. I mean, it's he's done it twice. He's You can expect him to do it again. He has a certain... You know, a certain mode of behavior that he he expects from you while you're under his roof and while you're under his care and uh, while you're, you know, benefiting from his money. And I, I don't think that's unreasonable uh, for him to demand those things. I think he is being unreasonable in uh, in his position, but I don't think it's unreasonable of him to say, hey, it's my money. And if you don't want to do as I say, then, you know, you're oh, S out of yeah, luck. That's perfectly fine. He's within, he's within his rights to do that, but uh, I, uh, I don't know if it... Uh, do you guys think it's reasonable for me to say that I'm never going to talk to him again if I fill out the selective service form? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I you, guess... You, you could d- fill it out with random things and send it back to the selective <laughs> service and told him you... you filled you know you filled in the form what do they want i mean i it's been a, so long since i've done this uh i don't really recall what the process is like what are they what kind of information are they looking for what do you have to do um well i'll tell you in a, just about two seconds while i get this paper in front of me as far as whether um, or not you'll talk to your dad uh i'm sure that is a uh, that that's a position that you could change over time i understand why you're upset at him he certainly doesn't get where you're coming from. He doesn't uh, understand. He thinks this is minutia. Uh, to him, it's just a form. What's the big deal? You fill it out. It's a form. No big deal. He's filled out millions, you know, thousands of forms uh, throughout right. his life. Well, so here, here, Here's uh, something that throws like a, a wrench into it. Uh, our records identify you as an applicant for or recipient of financial aid and one who may be required to register with Selective Service but has not done so. Are you? Is that true? Are you? Um, is is your dad paying for your college, or is he getting a loan or something like that? Are you getting uh, a loan? We're not, get, we're not getting any loans, but uh, they are using uh, Sally May 
to go through a, a payment plan mm-hmm. where they don't have to pay it all at once. They can just um, pay like in installments. I see. And that's through Sally May. Which is um, essentially not, a federally connected semi-private organization as discussed recently on this show. Right, right. So no, no financial aid is being given to me. But as far as I know, the University of New Hampshire is a public school. It is. I mean, it is a public yes. university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I, <laughs> that, so I, I really the, the the choice then is to you know either fill it out and go to college or not fill it out and not go to college and that, move that, to New Hampshire either way. Yeah, that that is the choice. Um, and you're also asking whether or not you should talk to your dad again. And I think that we should open this question up to other people that want to comment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, you've had a lot of conflicts uh, recently with your dad since you've come to the viewpoint of understanding what liberty is all about and, and it being important in your life. I know you've called over the years and you've told us about uh, many of them, and it, it can be frustrating. I have a mother that just doesn't get it. Uh, so if the issues come up, she shuts down. She doesn't want to talk about them uh, and can be very, you know, a little a little nasty. Not quite as nasty as it sounds like your dad has uh, has gotten with you, but I still talk to my mother. Um, it's just that we can only talk about pleasantries and uh, and things like that because anything of substance, uh, she can't handle that that particular discussion. So I don't know if this is something that that you want to completely cut him off about, but you know you know him better than I do, and this may be some this may be the right move for you. I mean, what kind of uh, negative things could happen as a result of you cutting off contact with with your dad well, or with both I of your parents? Think- well, I, well, I don't think that that's uh, really the larger issue. The larger issue is because college is a huge decision and a huge point of your life. Mm-hmm. So I think that the bigger decision is not whether or not I talk to him, or the, the bigger decision is whether or not I want to go to college. And well, I can do you want to go to college? It. Well, I, I, I know I can do it. Um, you know, I, what do you I, want to I go do... for? Is there something specifically that you want to go to college for, oh, though? Yeah, yeah I'm, going, I'm going for biochemistry, and then after that, I'm going to go to paramedic school. Okay. Well, then uh, I would, I mean, if, if, if that's what you want to do, uh, personally, it sounds like you need a degree for that, and if you have to register for the selective service to get that degree, then that might just be something you have to do. There are other ways to pay for college. They're, granted, they're more difficult, but you don't. If you can somehow find a way to finance it yourself, you don't actually need to use government financial aid, which is really what's tied to your registration for selective service. So there is the possibility that you could figure some way of going to college out that doesn't involve going through any kind of a government financial aid program. You mean without going through his dad? Because if he if he goes through his dad, he's going to have to register for the Selective Service. Yep. So otherwise, you're talking well, about a pretty expensive like. proposition. Uh, I mean, what's it cost to go to college these days? Do you know? It's going to be around 21 for two semesters. 21 times four. So you're looking at, because I mean, it, it's going to take four years to get what you, you're looking for, right? Right. $80,000. So $80,000 plus. Yeah, it's kind of hard to come up with when does, you don't have any collateral. Does the 21 right. include uh, dorms and, like, everything included kind of thing? Or you also have to pay for living no, on top? No, but... but um, it does It does uh, not include that? No, because oh, UNH... Well, yeah, it's it's pretty expensive, but it's, uh, UNH is a public school, and UNH is actually pretty cheap compared to the other... Uh, Alternatives such as private schools, unfortunately. Now, you'd be paying the out-of-state uh, tuition, wouldn't you? 
because you're coming from yeah, New but Jersey. I think, I think I think that there's some type of I think it's waived somehow. I don't know. I hmm. think they the UNH is somehow uh, not requiring me to pay that. I'm not. I'm not too uh, too sure about the. Well, you're the, not the one who's who's looking into this, right? I mean, you're not the one who's spent time trying to figure out the financing. That's been your dad. He's been the one doing the footwork there. Is that correct? Right. My but my dad and my mom they work together. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, I think I think there uh, there's some type of uh, grant or, or or something like that that's that's uh, that's with that. Uh, I'm I'm not too sure. Just I'm looking at these papers, right? And I swear, you, normally when a private business sends you something, a form in the mail, they usually have a pre uh, a postage paid envelope, and the envelope that the Selective Service gave me is not postage paid. Of course, they expect me to pay for it. I I, I just think that's that's, that's pretty kind fun. of par for the course for government agencies. I mean, government agencies aren't interested in customer service. So, for instance, if you uh, if you have to pay a bill for the government and you want to pay with a credit card, they charge you the extra 3% uh, as a credit card service fee because most businesses would eat that cost and the, you know, just the cost of doing business to accept credit cards. They just build it into their prices, and if you pay with cash, then they don't have to pay that. But with the government, uh, if you don't pay with cash or check, then you have to pay extra. Same thing with sending uh, letters back and responses back. Like, like this letter, back. it says, our objective is to register you not to have you prosecuted sincerely Ernest Garcia <laughs> oh, that's a, a nice little threat from Ernest there we're going to put you on hold and I, I want to invite other people to uh, call in here and give your thoughts to Alex he's young, he's confused, he's not sure what to do with his life, what do you think? Should he uh, cut off contact with his parents and go his own way or should he bow down to the man and put up with his dad's demands for four years? This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours completely free at freetalklive.com. Also, if you want to enjoy other liberty-oriented talk programming, you can visit freemindsmedia.com and download yourself a copy of Free Minds Radio. You can also watch Free Minds TV, and you'll hear a lot more of Nick uh, in those cases because you're one of the co-hosts of Free Minds Radio and TV. Yes, I am, uh, me and Toby, and uh, I have to say Toby does a lot of the work behind the scenes, even though I get most of the credit here on Free Talk Live. You mean on the on the TV side? Uh, on the TV side, he does a lot of the uh, behind-the-scenes work, and arguably there's more of that for a TV program. There's just more to it than editing a radio show. There's not too much work to do with a radio show except to turn the microphones on and off and put but it up for people to download. It's going to be kind of fun this weekend because Toby is normally, I mean, you're saying he does a lot of the work on the TV side, but it's usually you who arrives first for the radio show. You're usually here an hour early and then, you know, Toby shows up right before the show basically. Basically, yeah. And uh and so now the roles are going to be reversed for a couple of weeks as Toby will be sitting in the main seat on this weekend's upcoming edition of Free Minds Radio. He got a kind of a test run this past uh, this past week, and he'll be going it alone, basically. Uh, he's going to have Dale, I think, in, right, uh, this weekend from AnarchyInYourHead.com? I think Dale is going to be this week. And, and then I'll be in, or Mark will be in, or both of us, or something like something that. Something like that. I think he's leaning towards having Mark on, and I'm sure you're welcome to jump on. But, yeah, it, it'll be easy for him as long as nothing goes wrong, because, you know, it's it's fairly easy to do the show. 
but then if you know some of the automation breaks down or you're getting unexplained noise in your ears, then that's when it gets a little bit dicey. So, yes. but, but it'll be interesting. I, I'm hoping it'll be a couple good episodes, and uh, I hope he has fun with it. Yep, it'll be fun, and you can of course hear that on Free Talk Live streams at the Liberty Radio Network, LibertyRadioNetwork.com streams Saturday, no Sunday from three to five o'clock Eastern Time, and of course also FreeMindsMedia.com is where you can get the archives later on. Uh, don't forget, by the way, that that uh, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Audible.com. It's the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. And Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, so you've got a lot uh, that you can pick from. In fact, these are full audio books. These are not shortened digest versions is the real deal uh, in every genre audible has it covered get your free audiobook download one yes sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash ftl that's audiblepodcast.com slash ftl let's continue here and bring alex back he's in new jersey and he's facing a bit of a dilemma and that is as i understand it alex that uh, you've been told by your dad that you either register for the selective service or you don't get to go to college on his dime. And, Correct. And th- this is stemming from the fact that you didn't send back the first selective service uh, threat that they had sent you, their little card that they send out. And now they're saying they just want to get you registered. They don't want to bring you up on charges. So they're threatening you even more this time. They're saying they're going to uh, make sure that you can't get the financial aid that you're looking for. And you revealed that your dad has been using the Fannie Mae process to go about getting the... Sally Mae. Sally Mae. Sally uh, to go about getting... There is a Fannie Mae. That's the housing thing, right? It's one of the housing things. It's also Freddie Mac. Okay. So so you, so you your dad is applying through some sort of government uh, loan entity. And so basically, the if you don't fill out the selective service card, there's a possibility they could just come along and just squash out your any chances of right. getting approved. It, just, just a point of clarification. I logged on to the UNH website and I went into their uh, webcat slash services tab, and I have the uh, the financial information here. It says um, financial aid award UNH non-resident tuition grant forty three hundred dollars uh, for fall and spring each. So that totals uh, eighty seven fifty. Now the uh, account balance. Uh, previously, uh, before before there was a payment, was fourteen thousand one ninety three fifty. That's how much money it was for this semester. Uh, everything has been paid, and in fact, uh, according to the statement, we've overpaid by eleven thousand dollars. So, um, but yeah, it was fourteen thousand for the fall semester. However, I do have the uh, eighty seven fifty uh, for both fall and spring. And that's a UNH non-resident tuition grant. So the numbers are actually a little higher than uh, what I quoted to you earlier. You know what you might want to consider doing here is because you're stuck in a real difficult position. You have a certain career that you'd like to uh, to embark upon. And as Nick pointed out, it sounds like it's going to pretty much require uh, some sort of a degree. Uh, so if you want to move ahead with that, then unless you can find your own $20,000 or however much it, it ends up being per uh, per year then you're going to uh, you're going to have to go with your dad's deal and that means you're going to have to bow down to the man you're going to have to fill out the selective service card it doesn't mean that you'll have to report when they when they call you if they decide to bring back the draft i mean at that point it's all up in the air at that point anything can happen if they're going to come after you they're going to come after you and you're certainly not going to be able to go to school uh, at that time 
But what I would suggest is maybe if you want to go the route of having uh, of going to college, maybe you need to have a conversation with your dad about, well, look, you know, I want to do this. I don't really want to register for the selective service, but I understand that you're going to pull my funding if I don't. So I'll go ahead and register for the selective service. But I think that we need to come to some sort of an agreement in advance about what other requirements you're going to have of me. Because my my concern for you, Alex, is that you're going to fill out the selective service card, and then six months into uh, college, your dad is going to find out about something you've done that he doesn't like. You know, Whatever that may end up being, maybe you've uh, in, engaged in some sort of on-campus protest and the word got back to him. I don't know. Uh, but he's going to find something that you've done that he doesn't like, and he, he could very well come back and say, well, you either remedy this problem now or else I'm going to pull your funding. And then you've gone through a semester of college or however long it ends up being, and he's threatening to pull the funding again. You find yourself in the same exact situation after having spent a, you know, a year of your life doing what you had thought you would be able to do for, for four full years. Am I making sense? Absolutely. So, I, I am interested in uh, what other people have to say, though, because... Good. Well, uh, we're going to go to the calls, because Joe's on the line in uh, Athens, Ohio, listening to WAIS. Joe, you're on with Alex. Hi, guys. Hey, Joe. You're on with Alex. Go ahead. Uh, hi, Alex. Uh, hi. First of all, Alex, I would, I would encourage you to keep following your heart and do some soul-searching about, uh, you know, do you want to go to college or do you really need a four-year degree? Uh, my understanding and I do have some experience in the field, is you can go get an associate's degree and walk away as a paramedic. So that might mm. save you and your parents a lot of money. Right. Well, the, the thing is that uh, par- paramedic doesn't really pay well, but that's really what I'm interested in doing. But uh, biochemistry, uh, from what I understand, is going to pay better, and I do enjoy biochemistry a lot. That's, that's something that I'm also interested in. And biochemistry and paramedic go hand-in-hand hand together. Uh, because you know you, you, you need pharmacology for uh, for that stuff, and they're, they're pretty much related subjects. And I do enjoy the lab. I do enjoy uh, those kinds of things, which is why I you know I, I would enjoy going to college and doing that. But on the side, I do want to have the paramedic skills because being a, uh, those paramedic skills are very handy uh, to have. So Joe, you're saying uh, to Alex, he should follow his heart and really kind of focus on this and meditate and, and figure out what to well, do. I have I have a, I have a short list of topics to hit. All right. We're going to come back to you. We're going to come back to you. Hang on, Joe. More with Joe. Uh, We'll bring Alex back. If you've got a suggestion, what would you do if you were in his position? Dad is basically saying, you do as I say or you're not going to school. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. 800-259-9231. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight it is Ian here with you. And Nick. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We have a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go and edit virtually anything that you see there. It's free. wiki.freetalklive.com like the rest of our website. Completely free for you. wiki.freetalklive.com. 
Com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you probably ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we continue here, Alex has been on the line with us here since the beginning of the show asking us what is a pretty important question in his life right now, asking for our input, and we're asking for yours he is currently planning to go to college, uh, and it doesn't really matter what for, but it's for bio uh, biochemical. What, what was it, uh, Alex? Bio what? Uh, biochemistry. Biochemistry. And what doesn't one normally do with biochemistry as a as a major? Well, you can you can work in a lab uh, such as orthoclinical diagnostics or Johnson and Johnson. Um, a lot of things is like uh, blood testing, for example, um, and just the the way that uh, the the, the you, for example, Johnson & Johnson, they do work with blood, and they, uh, they do a lot of testing. They do a lot of clinical trials. So you can, you can work in that arena. And I want to use that knowledge to also work in the emergency services field. So I'll have the lab side of the scientific field and the emergency practical uh, side of the field. Gotcha. So you're looking to go to college for this, and you hadn't filled out the government's mandatory, so-called mandatory form when you turn 18 as a male in this country. They send you this nice little postcard that says if you don't register, we'll you know, possibly hit you with a $500,000 fine, maybe five years in prison. I forget exactly what the threat is, but it's, it's scary to an 18-year-old. Uh, you decided to not send that in. They've now sent you a follow-up threatening letter. Your dad is scared about losing the funding. He's scared about you in general because you're, uh, you know, you're becoming a a non-cooperative to some extent. He doesn't understand it. It frightens him. And and all parents are concerned for their kids. Uh, it's similar. I I feel a, a similarity to my mother expressing concern for me. You know, for not paying uh, income taxes uh, because. They're your parents. They want what's best for you, and, and they believe what's best is to go along to get along. And it's understandable where they're coming from, but it's come to the point where your dad has basically given you an ultimatum saying, well, you'll either fill this out or you're not going to school on my dime. And it's a pretty uh, imp- important decision that you have to make here, and we're, we've got Joe on the line who has some more input for you. Joe, you had a few things you wanted to list off for, for Alex that he should consider? Yeah, yeah I'll try to hurry. First of all, biochem is a pre-med degree. So you never know, Alex. You might end up an ER doc. Um, I dropped out of pre-med in the 80s. Uh, I ended up going to nursing school, so I have some background in the medical field as well. Um, as far as the selective service requirements go, here's what I have to say. When you live in Nazi Germany, always keep your paperwork in order. I love my country, and I took an oath to defend and protect the Constitution, but I don't trust the government. On the other hand, if filling out some paperwork helps you and your hello? dad pay for college, hello. I don't know why he's you saying hello. Go ahead. I did. go ahead and keep uh, keep talking. Well, you hear the part about when you live in Nazi Germany, keep your paperwork in order. In other words, follow the letter of the law, but it doesn't mean you have to support the current regime. Um, if the government wants to help you pay for college and help your parents and you pay for college, maybe you should go to college. Uh, what do you think, Alex? I don't know if he can hear you. I, Alex, did you hear any of that? Uh, yeah, it sounds logical. Okay. Thank you, Joe, for the input. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. And so, uh, Nick, any other thoughts for Alex? I signed the paperwork. <clears throat> I signed that same piece of paperwork. and. But you're not going to go if they call you, right? Like if they call you for the draft, you're No, not I don't go. imagine I would, but 
it's a lot simpler to just sign the paper. At this point, it's just a piece of paper that they want you to check a box on and sign your name, and that's really well, all it is. I mean, you're they're going to put pressure on you to do it, and ultimately, it's it's a very difficult thing to avoid. And to be perfectly honest, I I doubt they're going to call you up as a draftee, and if they do, you can always refuse. Yeah, I mean, uh, right. And you can always, if you want to make yourself feel better, this is how I make myself feel better when I'm coerced into signing some sort of government form. Uh, I always like to write all rights reserved above my name. That way I can just feel a little better on my, you know, for myself. I don't think it's really going to do anything uh, as far as stopping them from coming well, after me. you're coerced into registering anyway. So it's a, it's a flawed system. It's not like you're consenting well, to exactly. the selective service system because but they you're say making, you have to. But you're making it clear. If you write uh, all rights reserved ADC. under duress. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the, the TDC because it doesn't say what it means. I mean, it's an, it's just... How do you know what that means? I would write all rights reserved in under duress so people know that, you know, you did not do this on a consensual right. basis. Well, so, in any case, I'll be moving to New Hampshire on the 28th is when I'm going to arrive. Well, that's, so, uh, that's exciting. Congratulations on that in advance. And, Nick, how do you, I mean, what do you think about my idea to have a discussion with Dad in advance and kind of lay down some ground rules for what he's going to expect from you throughout the next four-year period so you don't have another conflict like this where you want to do thing A, and he's saying, well, if you do thing A, then I'm going to pull all your funding? Um, it might be worth giving at the time, but also... You're going to be away at college, Alex. I doubt your dad's going to hear too much unless you get kicked out. That's or a good something. point. Maybe, maybe not get even, arrested. Maybe he shouldn't address it. So yeah. you might just be better off not putting him on notice and just, right. you know, you're going to college, you're in a different state, just do your thing and you can remember that he'll probably hear about it if you commit civil disobedience and get arrested or, That's, you know, you, you flunk out well, or something UNH like that. Has, UNH has a rule that if you get arrested for any reason anywhere – they have to have a like not like a, a trial but like a hearing mm-hmm. at UNH, bu- bu- uh, conducted by UNH officials, uh, and they they uh, review it uh, when no matter what it's what you're arrested for, they they review it and they they put your uh, uh, eligibility to uh, to be a student there into question. Well, it's likely that what will happen at a, any sort of review panel like that is you'll be given a stern warning, uh, first and foremost, unless it was something like rape. You know, if you get arrested for being drunk downtown, uh, they have, uh, from what I understand, they also have a, a no alcohol and uh, no inebriation policy, uh, basically. That's supposedly a dry campus. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, if, right. supposedly if you, uh, if you have alcohol, you and your roommate get kicked out. That's, well, that's the claim. They, uh, but well, they, the, entice, they entice people to, to rat on on each other and and man if they found my vaporizer <laughs> you know that that probably wouldn't be good either well hopefully they're not listening to this uh, particular episode of the show uh but but I, what i would suggest there is that they still have a financial incentive to keep you at the college and they'll likely you know mandate that you see a counselor or something like that there will be some sort of interim step uh to where they won't actually they just want the tuition right i i seriously doubt and I I don't know. I haven't gone to UNH. I seriously doubt they're going to kick you out for a first-time alcohol offense on campus either. It's yeah. it's a dry yeah, alcohol, campus. Alcohol isn't my thing. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Just just saying. It's, or any, it's, um, any other substance offense. Yeah. You know, unless oh, okay. it, maybe if it's methamphetamine, okay. they might. You know, you're running a meth lab in your dorm. That might do it, but they want that tuition. I think you're right, Nick. It's probably since his dad is likely going to be pretty disconnected from what Alex does because you know he's not going to have the principal calling the house or anything like that, especially well, if you actually, are playing with the radar. He did say I'm not allowed to uh, 
get a gun because he uh, he knows that I want to do that. They're not going to let you carry a, a gun on campus, most likely, anyway. I wouldn't think. I think they might have an armory, like where, where you can just drop the gun off and keep it there locked. Because there is a, a gun club, and they may I'm going to join that. Yeah, they one. I'm going to join. Yeah, a lot of military bases have that too. You can't carry your gun around on the base, but mm-hmm. you can store your private firearms. In a, in an armory, so Here, th- there might be a setup like that. Here's what I would do as far as your dad. I mean, if, if you're going to go Nick's route, and I think that may be the best route, is to just basically if, expect that your dad won't really know what's going on uh, with you in college and don't give him any clues as to what's going on as well. When you have your conversations with him, keep it uh, academic. Talk about, you know, oh, yeah, well, we talked about this biochemical thing uh, this week. and Don't bring up politics. Don't bring up that you went to a protest. Don't bring up that you're meeting with the free staters. Just make it seem like you're just, you know, enjoying your time in college and that you're, you know, a good little college student. And don't clue him into anything to get him upset. Thank you very much for the advice. And let me just say, I showed him the video of William, and he called him an asshole. <laughs> this is the guy that, that was open carrying off. outside the, uh, the Obama protest. Thanks, Alex. Good luck. See you in New Hampshire. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As we continue here taking your calls, don't forget to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. That is the way you want to enter Amazon, because when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase at no additional cost to you. It's the same great Amazon prices, it's just that we're getting a cut when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So you'll get the products that you need to buy, and we'll get a percentage, and Amazon still makes a little bit. that will make as much, because we get some of it, but Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, let's go to Brian in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on your show today. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I had some advice for the caller who had the um, issue with his father and the selective service and going to college. Yes, sir. Uh, Two pieces of advice. One, pick and choose your battles. And two, everything's a means to an end. Uh, His father is not the person he should be fighting with on the selective service issue. That should be his congressman. So I think, Well, how's he going to fight with his congressman on that? Well, I don't necessarily mean he has to go pick a fight, but I think, you know, one, paying attention to who you vote for in Congress and getting the right liberty candidates in is a good start in that battle. <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, n- there's very little – nobody right now is proposing doing away with the selective service. Certainly no Republican or Democrat is uh, is proposing that. So Ron within, with Maybe, right. but within exactly. Alex's college lifetime, that's not likely to change. Probably not, and I agree with you, but I think that that's where the fight still should be at. I mean, if he wants to do civil disobedience and not participate, I'm all for it, and that's on him. Sure. Um, As far as the college goes, I mean, this is a means to an end. If he has to rely on his parents to pay for the college, he has to make certain concessions in order to get it. I agree. After that, he's free to do whatever he wants. And so uh, then he can pursue his congressman all day long about the draft and and the selective service. Yeah, You know, I I completely agree that if... If that's what he wants, then that's what he'll have to do. Uh, and I think there's a time and there's a place for flying under the radar. And I think this, if that's what he wants, then this is one of those times and places where he should continue flying under the radar until he has achieved uh, what it is that he's looking to achieve. 
you know, I myself flew under the radar for uh, for a while, and then I decided it was time to poke my head up and and do some activism, and then move to New Hampshire and poke my head up even further and and get involved in uh, in even more. And I know that once he's here in New Hampshire and, and amongst the the free staters and the the liberty activists up here, that he'll be encouraged and probably get excited and want to do more, and it'll be difficult for him to probably uh, to hold back as he'll he'll likely have to in order to continue satisfying the demands of the school, satisfying the demands of of, uh, of his father, but as you say, you know, you've got to. In in some cases, you got to bow down to the to the man to get uh, to get what you want. I, I wish it weren't that way, but yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Um, I am a fellow Free State Project member, and I can't wait to get there and see you guys. Thanks, Brian, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing day. from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right, so lots to cover here tonight. Uh, of course, you've heard of the Cash for Clunkers program, right, where the federal government had said to people, well, come on out and uh, bring in your crappy car and uh, or bring in your car that's worth less than 3000 or four, was it $4,000 that they were giving to people? I think it was 4, up 000? to $4,500 depending on what how old your car was and the kind of mileage it got. And what you were trading it in for. So bring in your car and you can trade it in and get a credit, basically, on a brand new car. And I think there might have been some used cars that would have qualified. It all depended. I don't know all the details on the program. But there's news now from FoxNews.com saying that the federal government has only reimbursed auto dealers for 2% of the claims they've submitted. So basically what happened was... If you went down to take take advantage of this, you know, bizarre wealth transfer program, if you went down and did this, the car company had to eat that cost. If they were losing something on that deal, uh, they would have had to have eaten that cost and then expected the federal government to pay them back later they, on. They were cutting your bill on that new car purchase because of your trade-in, and essentially they have a voucher that they submit for however much they knocked off the price, whether it's 3000 or 4500 Right. And they would get a kickback from the federal government for that amount that they credited you, the consumer. And if the federal government actually did business on an honest, uh, respectable basis, that would be something that you could expect as a business owner. So, well, I'll just fill out this paperwork. They'll cut me my check. No problem. I mean, most people, when they fill out a rebate form, when you go and you get the, you know, the, the buy one, get one deal at the store, if you just fill out the rebate, six weeks later, you, you get the check in. No, no problem. Uh, the, the private market seems to have that covered okay. I'm sure there's some things that fall through the cracks uh, from time to time, some rebates. But in this case, only 2% of the claims have been paid so far. Now, I'm not sure what kind of uh, length of time they're expected to wait before they get the payment, but it's my understanding they expected it would be sooner than it actually has well, been. Well, they have costs to cover. I mean, like any business, they have inventory that they have to get in, they have operational costs, and if they're taking a loss, I mean, in many cases, I was hearing stories about some car dealerships doing 30 or 40 or more of these deals. I mean, there were some car dealerships that were absolutely packed with people trying to do these trade-ins. And if you start to add that up, that turns into quite a bit of money mm-hmm. that these these dealerships are still short on, and they have operational costs that they need to cover this week, not three yeah. months from now or five months from now or whenever the federal government gets back to reimbursing them. So what's their excuse? Well, according to Fox News, they have only reimbursed auto dealers for 2% of the claims submitted through the popular Cash for Clunkers program. Uh, according to Joe Sestick in Pennsylvania, one of their so-called representatives, he called for immediate action. 
to address the problem in a statement on Sunday after writing a letter to uh, Obama expressing his concerns. In the letter, Stesak, or Sestak says only 2% of the claims have been paid and that four out of every five applications have been rejected for minor oversight. So it sounds to me like a, a paperwork error, not crossing the, the right T or dotting the Is right I. four out of five of the applications that have been rejected were done so for minor oversight? Or he's not saying that... Have been rejected for minor oversight. But he's not saying that 80% of these applications have been turned down, is he? It's sounding like he's saying that's the case. In recent days, auto dealers across the country have been complaining that the reimbursement payments are slow to process. And they said that some of their applications were being rejected because of apparent procedural procedural issues. The statistics that Sestic cited suggest those complaints are not based on isolated incidents. Staffing could be one problem. According to sales data summarized by the Transportation Department officials, dealers have submitted requests for rebates on 338,659 vehicles sold. And they have to have some bureaucrats processing every single one of those. But while Congress just expanded the $1 billion program by $2 billion, the Department of Transportation says a staff of just 225 people is reviewing those claims. Sestic wrote that he thinks a 1,000 processors should be assigned to handle the claims. He uh, has challenged somebody. Uh, they wrote auto dealers that have contacted him to express concern and ask for help. He said in a statement that failure to address delays with the Cash for Clunkers program will adversely harm auto dealers and undoubtedly forcing many of them out of business. Under the program, passenger car owners are eligible for a voucher worth between $35 and $4,500 if they trade in their cars for new fuel-efficient vehicles. So according to this guy, 80% of them are uh, these applications are being turned around for procedural errors, meaning they, they botched up part of the form or something like that. And uh, so now they're going to have to resubmit it, which, you know, how long is that going to take for them to get their their money out of these folks? And that's leaving these dealers in a bad way. Yeah, I mean, the only place I really think they could turn right now would be for these dealerships is for them to turn to a bank and try to get a loan based on the the, government paying off. eventually. You know, say, well, this is how many applications we wrote. So can you give us a relatively short term loan? We don't know how long it'll be. <laughs> it's a very Gosh. difficult thing to to do, but I believe that's what was being done with some of the, the IOUs that were being issued in California was that mm-hmm. banks were essentially accepting them and, and saying, all right, well, we'll give you the money for this IOU and we'll hold on to it. And I don't know if they were charging a fee for that because there's risk involved there. Yeah, there's I mean, no guarantee the government's going to approve all of those those Absolutely. Vouchers. They're the government. They don't have to do anything. If the government wanted to... They could just decide to say, you know, we've changed our mind. We're just going to leave you all in the lurch and uh, see you later. Thanks for helping us with our Cash for Clunkers program. Now, that probably won't happen, but they could do that if they wanted to. They're the government. They have the ability to change the terms of the agreement at any time. And what is, you know, what's your local Toyota dealer going to do about that? Nothing. Hopefully they'll learn their lesson and come to the conclusion that you don't do business with the state. Now, I don't know if this was mandatory or not. That, I guess, is my only question here. Do you work in an auto dealer? Can you clear this up for me? Did your dealership have to participate in Cash for Clunkers? Or was it a voluntary choice on their part to supposedly up their sales volume? Well, it certainly did up the sales volume, but if they've only been reimbursed for 2% of that, (laughs) one has to wonder how much of a blessing that really was. Exactly. This is the price you pay for getting involved voluntarily in doing business with the state. They leave you high and dry and 
they're laughing all the way to the bank while you're screwed. What do you do about that? You learn your lesson, and you don't get involved with them again in the future if you manage to, to live through this. Hour two's coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us Again, that's freetalklive.com. Back to your phone calls about whatever you want. Corby's in Florida, and you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nick. Hey, Corby. Hey, how you doing, guys? Let's... I have a quick request and a comment. Okay, sure. Um, first, the comment. You know, it's funny. I listen to Coast to Coast, InfoWars, and your show, and the two strangest callers I've ever heard were first your ninja guy from Japan rolls the European Illuminati, and then the call yesterday or the day before where the guy, it might have been Saturday, where the guy was the Bigfoot uh, angel hybrid or whatever he was. was <laughs> yeah, he I was thought. pretty crazy. We yeah, spent a good hour with him. If, you, if, you're, if you're listening to this show and you missed Saturday night's show and you want to hear a, a real crazy caller, uh, tune in to Saturday night's archive at freetalklive.com. This guy was a unique nutter. I'd never heard yeah, anything like sure. him. He believed he hey, was a mix. Just to recap, uh, he believed he was a mix of an angel and a human. And as you mentioned, Bigfoot played a role somehow in the whole process. And it was all very, very confusing. This wasn't a cranker, though. I mean, he believed. Oh no, it. he be- he believes that he's got a website to go along with the you know the crack pottery. He's trying to sell a book, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, you know, he- I would have been curious where, where the dinosaurs fell into that five hundred and forty thousand years he was talking about. No, you know, you got to listen live. You know, if you if you want to encounter yeah. the opportunity to talk I to know. people like that, that's it's the only way it happens. So what else, Corby? Okay, what- Quick request. Um, I know it's your website, and I have no right to, you know, tell you what to do on your website, but I'm asking because I listen to your podcast at work, and while personally I'm all for seeing Mark Emery smoking a fatty, you know, I have no problem with my work seeing me like activism or liberty, but, you know, luckily nobody actually saw, but your homepage, like, I can hardly get a podcast, I have to kind of make sure nobody's looking before I download because of the picture of Mark Emery. With, you know, maybe if that picture was just a little lower than the direct podcast, but... It's kind of so wait, are you not supposed to be listening to things like this at work? I can, but the marijuana part just makes it, you know, yes, I do smoke, and I don't want, you know, it's just kind of, if somebody sees my screen with a big picture of a guy smoking a, you know, <laughs> half an ounce bogey, it kind of, that's not as easy to explain as liberty and activism. Like I say, yes, I'm all for activism, I'm all for less government well, intervention in our lives. 
I no, see I see web- where you're coming from. I would suggest maybe bookmarking the podcast itself. That way you can just go straight to that without having to see Mark Emery's smiling face on the front of our yeah. website. Uh, you could do that as a solution. Eventually, we're going to have another guest on. I think uh, Zebler is going to be on later this week. That will likely uh, supplant Mark at that point, and then you will see Zebler, who, though, for people that don't know, this is the guy, one of the two guys that was behind the Moonanite scare. Do you remember in Boston, uh, like a year or two ago? They posted the light bright boards yeah. with the Moon and Nights on them? Yeah. This, the, we've and got, the police department freaked out and blew them they, up? They shut down the entire city or something like that. A, segment, a whole swath of the city. And, and yeah, they did send out the they bomb squad. and they, de- they blew these things up. Yeah, it was an, an amazingly insane police state kind of response. And then after the fact... Uh, as these guys were discovered to have been the culprits, uh, they were not apologetic in any way, shape, or form. In fact, going so far as to make fun of the whole situation while they were being interviewed and joke and just completely parody uh, the, the press. And, and it, it was amazing what they did. They, they did not kowtow to the man even after they had been outed, which a lot of people would. A lot of people, if they you know get caught by the cops for whatever. Because they're scared. of. of yeah. you know, if you look apologetic, people, you know, people think that that will get them out of trouble or get them a reduced sentence. So we are expecting uh, one of those two gents uh, to be on the show with us this week. And uh, so after probably Thursday or Friday, you won't see Mark's face on the front page. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Sorry Corby. To, uh, just, just to get me in trouble at work, but thanks. Yep, no okay. problem. Thank you, dude. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, I don't like announcing guests in advance because things can always go awry, and he you know, maybe won't answer the phone or something like that, but... Nonetheless, now you know, Zebler is going to be with us, uh, the, one of the men behind the Moon and Night Scare, which... It's, it was a heroic act of... Uh, I guess you can't really call it disobedience because I don't think they uh, they thought it that it was going to be. It was a marketing be... scheme. Was all yeah. it was. They weren't trying to cause any trouble. But but the way they handled themselves afterwards, I think, was particularly heroic. So yeah, not back standing your ground. It that takes some guts, especially yep. when a lot of politicians and police are they're angry. You know, they're out to hang you, basically. Let's talk to Andy in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Nick. Hey, Andy. Hey guys, what's up? What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I just wanted to say my piece about the. Uh, using uh, using of things that are produced by coercion okay. to gain freedom. Like what? Well, I'm sure you know what, because you've been commenting on this for the last little bit, too, and I got mixed up in it. Oh, and, oh uh, when you say I've been commenting on this, do you mean on the freekeen.com blog? Yes. Okay, well, let me recap then for our listeners that have no idea what you're talking about, which would be almost all of them. Uh, we're talking about a conversation that has been going on for the last 24 hours at the freekeen.com blog on the most recent article, uh, We Need In and Out. It's an article about uh, by Andrew Carroll uh, about how he thinks that both types of activism, both uh, inside the system and outside the system, political and civil disobedience, that those different types of activism are necessary in order to achieve a voluntary society. And I think he does a very good job of, of explaining himself there. Uh, the comments later on begin to devolve into a, uh, a discussion that maybe could be called heated. I don't know. You know how those Internet discussions can no, go. Not really. It just is. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's a discussion about 
the viability or the liberty orientedness or the voluntariness of of utilizing a resource that is essentially created by the state. And what we're talking about specifically in the the discussion is a cable access channel here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, called Cheshire TV. And the individual, uh, George, who was taking the you guys are immoral position, uh, was saying that, well, it's immoral to utilize this resource because it was funded, you know, it's a government essentially created entity, uh, created through some sort of coercion. Uh, in this case, it was the Time Warner Company that was uh, wanting to be the cable provider for the area and as part of the the what they call a franchise agreement, which is Time Warner contracting with the city. I mean, at the threat of violence, of course. Right, uh, and then when you when you jump to the when you jump to the obvious one and say, well, if, if you're against using things that are funded by coercion, what are you doing on the road? And then you get the, oh, but I need that. You know, it, it's true. You do need that. So basically, my what I want to say tonight is, we're all going to end up using some of these things. It's so pervasive in this society that we really can't avoid it. I think that picking uh, at people for which ones they may or may not use is is it's just not productive. I mean, well, uh, but his if, point if the is, the average person walked up to you and started giving you a hard time about this, then you know that would tell me that we've been doing our job right and people are starting to get it. Yeah. And then those things would start to go away. Well, what his suggestion was that his suggestion is, and, and some voluntarists take this position, but but not all of them. His suggestion was that by utilizing a, a public resource like Cheshire TV uh, or public your, your local public access channel, you're somehow sending a secret message out into the you know the the world that uh, and, and I'm not using his terms here. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but but essentially that you're you're suggesting that the system is legitimate, that you're you're legitimizing the violence by your use of the products of that violence. And well, my position on that is I'm just trying to get back what was taken from me, and to to some degree, whenever I am, you know. And I think that's a legitimate position to the level to be, of using something like yeah, that. I think that's a legitimate position to be coming from. The gang has extracted money from you, and they've uh, essentially left these things out for you to uh, to either choose to use or to not. And it, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with reclaiming your stolen funds. I think there might be no. something wrong with taking more than was stolen. Uh, I but do wonder, though, if the state, because I've, I've, I've collected some unemployment insurance, insurance recently being, you know, in the automotive industry. I was. Now I'm back in retail marketing. But anyway, you know, <laughs> I wonder how the state feels when they look at their statement from their little card they gave me for unemployment. And these contributions to the campaign for liberty and things like that, I, I like to needle them a little bit. To do I, that. I I hope so. I don't th- I don't see anything objectionable with doing that at all. Uh, thank you for the call tonight. More on the way here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'll let you chime in on this here in a moment, Nick. Uh, more coming up. It's free talk live with your thoughts as well. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's there 
completely free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photos. You can see those, and a validated video is now an option as well at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And check out the Low Country Liberty Report. This ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folk. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased in his reporting, and he does try to add some humor into every report. So find his videos at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com. You can also join his LCL group on Facebook or Twitter, lclreport.com. And uh, the gentleman behind that, uh, Taryn, really nice guy, principal dude, uh, Free State Project member. I think he's actually coming up here to New Hampshire uh, this this weekend, which will be cool because he's a good guy. And he does help out our show. He helps out Free Minds TV. He's a sponsor? Yep, he has sponsored, and he's been giving us five bucks a month for... A couple of years now, I think. So. Good guy. LCLReport.com. Uh, just to break down a little bit more into this discussion, because I wanted to make sure you had a chance to add your thoughts in. Uh, the the debate uh, was getting hot and heavy on the Freekeen.com comments today on the We Need In and Out article right at the top uh, about whether or not people who consider themselves voluntarious. And Nick, you don't. I don't. Uh, so it's you're kind a minarchist. Of, right. So f- I'm not going to approach the argument from the position of I'm trying to defend you know, an absolutely status, stateless society. But you're generally opposed to the idea of coercion and, and all of that. Yeah. And, and you can certainly acknowledge that a public access channel exists because of some level of coercion, because the cable company in your area was forced to deal with the local government because they're not going to be allowed to just go string up their lines on the poles. If uh, they try to do that, someone's going to stop them. So they went to the government, they got into a franchise agreement, and in many cases around the country, part of the franchise agreement is that they have to provide channel space on their system for what's called a public access channel. And the way public and access... They, and they provide funding, too, just to be clear. That's where the money comes correct. from. The, so they have, to, they have to extract a certain percentage uh, from their customers and pass that on to the public access channel. The public access channel, in case you don't know, basically has to allow whatever you want to put on on the air. If you walk in with uh, some sort of programming and you live in the area that they serve then they have to take it from you, and they have to put it on. That's just the way that system works. And so we were going back and forth, myself and uh, this gentleman named uh, George, were, were going back and forth on this issue, and he was saying, well, the ends never justify the means, suggesting that he understands that there's value in getting the message of freedom out to people, and that's what I use the, the public access system for. I put things that I find interesting on there for people to watch. Things like, uh, well, I mean, you guys do Free Minds TV, but I put things on like, uh, Ridley. I put a, on Ridley Reports in the past, and I, I know Dave Ridley does that too, uh, one of the local activists here. There's uh, Mark Stevens, Mark, uh, no, not Mark Stevens, but uh, Stefan Molnew, all kinds of neat, full, fully informed jury association, neat vid- video that is uh, about, Freedom and freedom-oriented topics, and it gets it out to an audience that would otherwise not really be exposed to persuasive messages like that. But he says, "Oh, well, that's that doesn't matter because you know the means never justify the ends," suggesting that that somehow I'm validating the violence inherent in the system by walking in there and putting a program on the air. <laughs> so, your well, thoughts? I, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, it, yeah. What purpose is being served by somebody, you know, if all the liberty activists in Keene, New Hampshire refused to use a public access station, would it make it go away? No. no. It would still be there. The money's already been appropriated, in fact, so you get into all kinds of 
sticky issues if you try to undo the coercion in this case, because I believe that the agreement that's bet they were essentially Time Warner was forced into to do business in Keene mm-hmm. ran for a number of years. So for however many years they're going to provide the channel, they're going to provide a certain amount of money for them to to run the channel. And that's already been done. Right. So, and there's no uh, there's no continued coercion against any other entity except for Time Warner. The customers themselves aren't being coerced against. I think it'd be a real tough argument to make to say that the customers are being threatened well, with violence. No, I mean, they're being forced to pay for that channel. If they have cable if television. If they have cable, just like you're forced to pay for the basic package. There's no a la carte menu that you can pick from. There is a basic package that you have to buy from a cable company. And I doubt there would be a public access channel on there if it wasn't for the government intervention in the first place. But it's there. There's a channel space open. There's a channel that runs. Quite a few people in this community watch it. And it serves no purpose to avoid using what's already there. I mean, I I, yeah, I just can't understand. Con- how is anybody going to realize what you're trying to say by not using the public access station if you don't have any platform from which you can speak. Well, and he's, he suggested uh, that there was there were platforms uh, out there, and I asked him specifically in the cable television arena, because we're already on the radio, we've already got a newspaper, so you can't suggest those things. In the arena of cable television, what other platforms are there for us to get a pro-liberty message out? And he didn't answer he didn't answer that question. He said, Oh, that would be appropriate for another time and another place. And I said, Well, great, I'm looking forward to you explaining that to me because from my perspective, it only seems like there are two other options. Then there are other options, I'll agree with that. But the other options are prohibitively expensive. One of them would be to approach the, your local cable company and go to the business uh you know, whatever salespeople they have and say, How much would it cost for me to have my own twenty four seven channel? Now, what do you think? I mean, speculate, Nick. What What do you think that would cost? How much money would it cost? Yeah. To run it at the same quality as a public access channel or at a quality that would be commercially acceptable? Just just for the access. Just for the you're – not, you're not talking about – I'm not talking about the studio or the programming or any of those sides of things. What you have to do to get on a cable system is show them the money, right? Millions. So, so, many millions. I don't know if it'd be millions. I'd say maybe a few thousand bucks a month. Probably at the very least a few grand oh, for a month. access, Just yeah. to get the access to the channel. Then you have to generate your programming. But they're going to have quality requirements. I mean, they're not going to let just anybody throw anything they want point. on for a few thousand dollars a month. Good point. You're right. They're so, not going to want a still screen with uh, graphics. Uh, then again, if you pay them enough, they might go ahead and give you the channel it'd space. It would have to be quite a bit, though. I mean, but, they but have standards. either way, either way you slice it, if it's crappy programming or great programming, they're going to charge you as you – don't, you don't have the HBO name. You don't have the ESPN name, and uh, you know, you're not going to be able to just get in on your merits. So you're going to have to come with money in hand. So that's one option. The other option would be to find another channel that's produced locally and maybe offer them some money for their airtime. And there are no other channels in New Hampshire that are produced locally, with the exception of an ABC affiliate over in uh, in Manchester. I think there is actually an NBC affiliate. Is there? Okay. It used to be Channel 13. They're kind of like New Hampshire and Vermont News and things I've never like heard that. of them. So, and, and those guys already have uh, programming 24 hours a day. They are network affiliates, and those networks, ABC and NBC and all those folks, send them programming. And in the hours that the networks aren't sending programming, they've got syndicated programs and stuff like that. If you come to them and say, I want to get an hour of your program, because you wouldn't have to do 24 hours a day. You could just you know, buy two hours a week or something like that and, and air your programming there. Odds are good it's going to be in the overnight shift. 
you know, you're not going to be able to take out Lost on Sunday nights or whatever it is, The Simpsons. You're not going to be able to override that. Uh, so you're going to get some sort of crap can position in the schedule, and they're going to charge well, you through the nose. Yeah, and it goes beyond just public access TV. I mean, as the last caller pointed out, he was you know on unemployment benefits. Well, that's insurance that he was forced to buy. That's what the unemployment that they payments that they take out of your paycheck are. And I see no problem with using that either, to be perfectly honest. I agree. It may be distasteful. You may not want to do it, but there's nothing immoral about it. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And features including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, even a webcam, all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Right back to your phone calls, we go to Jesse in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jesse. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I uh, I listen on the podcast the next day every day. Yes, and um, so I just barely caught your conversation, and I'm not 100% aware of the particulars, but I just wanted to say that um, when it comes to these things like public access television or going on unemployment, I mean, you really just have to pick your battles. I mean, you could be, if you want to be as principled as possible, you've got to live in the woods, you know, because you can't go on a road, you can't send a letter through U.S. mail, um, you need a Social Security number for a lot of things, you know, so, I mean, you really just got to pick your battles, and I don't think public access TV is really one worth fighting over. <laughs> no, I, I don't think either, it is either. I mean, as Nick pointed out, it's there, the deal's done, the entity exists, and whether you use it or not, it will continue in its existence. So why not put your message out there? I think the the whole suggestion that uh, you're legitimizing the, the violence or, or whatever is going to be completely lost on the average viewer. I mean, the average viewer is going to be coming across whatever the liberty-oriented programming is, and hopefully they'll be thinking about the ideas presented there, not about all the political ramifications of what the public access channel is and how it was formed and how by uh, submitting programming to it you're validating its uh, its violent nobody uh, history. In the, nobody, outside, nobody who's not a liberty activist is going to be thinking anything about that. No, and, in, yep. and, and, and I don't even think about that stuff. I, I mean, uh, I've heard the arguments before, and I know that Lee, who is the, the station manager for the local public access channel, he has had his own, you know, he's had to go through this argument with some of the Liberty activists in Keene who also use, you know, they help make our show or they, you know, they, they sort of work on some level with Cheshire TV, but they still want to have the argument about it. And, it's, it, it's not really a fruitful argument. I mean, you can talk all you want about how it would be better if it didn't exist, but then why are you participating in it? Because some of the people who are criticizing it are also participating in it. Which I, I just don't see what that's helping. Yeah, it's the same suggestion that, that voting 
and and this suggestion was made in this in this comment thread over at freekeen.com but you know the same old suggestion that by participating in the voting system you are inherently endorsing the system or you are uh you know you're you're propagating it and I think that's uh, fallacious as well, because, again, even if we all just decided tomorrow to say, OK, no more voting, we've decided that, you know, these guys are right that are saying that we're endorsing the system by voting. So we're just going to not vote anymore. Uh, it's not going to end. They're, the bureaucrats are still going to come out and vote for themselves. The, the idea of zero voting turnout is pretty ludicrous. Because I mean, the, the people who work for government turn out and vote. I and their families and their friends. Yeah, that's certainly the case, at least here in, in Keene, when it's a local election It's the case only. everywhere. What, what government bureaucrat isn't going to come out and vote for their job or vote for an increase or whatever, the, to vote to perpetuate uh, their system? At least a councilman or whoever the representatives are, they're going to come out and vote for themselves. And presumably. I don't, I'm not like Mark to where I care whether you vote or not, because Mark recently got into a big huff. Uh, both on air and off the air, and I won't I won't say on the air what he was saying last night about certain people that uh, that don't vote. But suffice it to say, he's still of of the mindset that if you don't vote, you're stabbing your neighbor in the back. And uh, well, you know, so I don't if really you don't want to vote, it does aggravate me when people. It, it aggravates me personally when people move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and then decide they'll take the principled stand of not voting, or what they see as the principled stand of not voting. And in some cases, I mean, if you're talking about local races here in Keene or in some of the towns around New Hampshire, there are actually enough activists that if they all did go out and vote, some of the ones that don't, they could potentially actually sway an election. You're talking about elections where maybe a thousand people vote. Maybe so. But for all the whining Mark does about it, he could be working on recruiting his political guys and have them come in and vote. I mean, it, it, there I are enough care. people. If people don't want to vote, it's their vote, and right. they can they can abstain. I mean, that's just as legitimate a choice as saying yes or no, or I choose candidate A or candidate B. There are enough people that are interested in politics that will come and vote, I think, over time. So I don't think that's a real issue. Taking uh, taking issue with five voluntarists because they aren't showing up at, uh, at you know, your election is I – th- I think it's a little petty. I, I really do. And, and saying that you aren't going to support them simply because they won't engage in this one particular political process that, that you value, I, I think is also petty. But if people are going to be petty, that's, you know, that's their decision. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Yeah, I actually had called to talk to you guys a little bit about technology. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, first off, I'm not a Linux guy, so get that out of the way. Okay. But um, uh, first off, most of your technology calls seem to be Linux-oriented, so that's why I said that. But anyways, um, first off, um, I was going to say um, there's, uh, this, this is, would be really good for um, civil disobedience type things. And what it is is you can buy a camera for under $50 that is hidden inside of a pen. Yes. Granted, you, you wouldn't be able to use it, you know, like as evidence if you don't tell them you're filming them or whatever. But sure, you know, good thing to have. Um, no, I off, completely agree, and I'm su- I'm surprised it hasn't happened more often here yet in New Hampshire. I think that's going to be coming where people keep getting shut down. Uh, activism activism get uh, gets halted because the government bureaucrats will stop anybody from coming into a certain area with a video camera. That would be a way to uh, to get around that. Yeah, the technology is getting very very cheap now. So. Yeah, well, like what, a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks for one of those pen cams or something? You can get them as under fifty dollars now. Wow, that's that's incredible. I, mean, I don't know what the quality is there, but yeah, I, probably very poor, but still, 
you know. I mean, well, that's the thing you're dealing with. I mean, there's going to be a, uh, a there's not going to be much return on investment if you pay more because you, when when you're talking about camera systems. You have to uh, talk about physics and how light enters a uh, the iris of the camera. So you, yeah, have you want to, a larger lens, right? You need to have a a large lens to get a really good picture. And with one of those mini systems, it's just not going to look great any way you slice it. So you just have to realize that going into it. Mm-hmm. All right. Second off, uh, have you ever heard of the iFi SD card? Yes, it's an SD card that has the ability to upload via wireless connection if one is present. Is that correct? Yes. See, I, I never hear uh, about uh, the activists using them, and so I was wondering if they even knew about them, because a, a lot of times you'll hear about lost footage. And, I mean, granted, there isn't a wireless connection everywhere, but the wonderful thing that people could should look into if they're doing any sort of camera activism. Does it have the ability to upload to any open Wi-Fi network, or do you have to specifically configure it to only go on certain networks? I'm pretty sure you got to set it up ahead of time. I don't know if it'll just search for any open network. So that could be problematic then. I mean, if you, uh, unless you happen to know what Wi-Fi networks are, where you're planning on being to do your activism, then it may not do you much good. Which brings me to my uh, third thing, which is uh, the Google Android operating smartphone, the smart, smartphone operating system. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's an application on there that if you have cell phone service, you press a button and your phone is now a Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi hotspot. Oh, wow, that's pretty sweet. So you'd have the iFi, the Wi-Fi hotspot, uh, straight to quick.com from your high-quality camera. You know. So you, what you're saying is if you've got a cell phone signal with this Google Android operating system, you can make your Android phone into a Wi-Fi connection for anybody you else. You can that connect your meeting. laptop to it. You yeah. can connect somebody else's smartphone to it. That's pretty awesome. Know? Yeah, um, and it's... It, so you you're sharing. You're basically connected. sharing your connection, uh, your cell phone internet connection right, your with smartphone's anyone else. Right. Your smartphone's connection. Right. I, I, yes. So you basically, you're connecting to the internet through a s- cell phone tower still, but essentially somebody else can just connect through your to, phone through your phone to that tower to the web. Indeed. Pretty yeah. cool. Now, is that with any Google Android operating system phone? Uh, well, it, as long as it has a Wi-Fi uh, radio in it. Got it. It'll do that, yeah. Cool tech tips. Uh, thanks yeah. for the call tonight. I appreciate no hearing from problem. you, and, and hopefully you'll be coming here to New Hampshire where you can actually talk to the activists yourself and give them these ideas. I mean, because some of them don't listen to the show. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and these are some of the innovations that you're going to start seeing utilized as more people start coming here and bringing their ideas into the mix. It's one of the reasons why this is the most exciting liberty movement on the planet. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get perks like access to the AMP only call in lines, chat room, forum, and more, get over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more, get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your calls, we'll go to Paul in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Paul. Paul in Texas. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Okay, thank you. What's on your mind tonight? Um, uh, I'd like to talk about the uh, Texas School Board of Education. Sure. 
There's an interesting uh, bit that I found out by watching on Fox News the other day, and that is that the Texas board is uh, not making it mandatory that each public school in Texas has to teach religion. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, I'm pretty pissed off about it. Yeah? What are you going to do? There's nothing that we really can do right now other than boycotting it, but there's... Do you have kids, no, Paul? No, I'm actually a high schooler myself. Oh, okay. All right. So you, you are in the government education system then? Yes. So is this going to be something that affects uh, younger kids, or is it going to be high school only? Do you know what the parameters are? Oh, I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to look that uh, up. I just heard about it. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll give you the details because I've got the story. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, the story is from KLTV in White House, Texas, where the school year is almost here. And if the literature of the Bible isn't already offered in your child's school, it will be this fall. Books are a common sight in classrooms around the nations, but the Bible is one book that's not. Come this fall, Texas law says that all public schools must offer information relating to the Bible in their curriculum. So all public schools. At all levels. By the end of the year, when they be, what they begin to realize is that it's pervasive. You can't get away from it. The kids came back and were like, it's everywhere, said John Keeling, the social studies chair at White House High School. White House already offers a Bible elective. The purpose of a course like this isn't even really to get kids to believe it, per se. It's just to appreciate the profound impact that it has had on our history and our government. Arguably, the Torah had just as much impact since Christianity grew out of Judaism. Where's the Torah class? Yeah, where's where's the Quran class? Quran, the Quran has had a major impact on world history. Now, when I was in high school, there was a world religion class that was we a possibility. Had a similar. We, I mean, we did discuss religion in school, but we were studying it in the social studies, and we did a comparative. From, it wasn't like right. a wider perspective. Is, it wasn't like this is Bible class. We talked about. Well, this is what Christians believe, and this is what Jews believe, and Buddhists. We we went through that, and we talked about some of the more major perspectives that people hold in the world. And I think, you know, I think that's valuable, but I think this is really a problem because it is a public school, and essentially people of all religions are being forced to send their kids to classes that teach them specifically about the Bible. And it doesn't sound like any other religion, just the Bible. The law was passed in 2007. It'll be the first school year it's enforced because the bill says that it doesn't take effect until the 2009-10 school year. It's gained mixed reactions from East Texans. Uh, local uh, Tyler resident Laura Tucker says, I think it's a good thing because uh, a lot of kids don't have that experience. And they already want to take prayer out of school as it is. And you see where our kids are ending up. And then uh, someone else, Harvest or Havis Tatum, disagrees with Tucker, saying, I don't want anybody teaching their religious beliefs to my child unless they want to send their child to my house and let me teach them my religious views. There is no difference. And I would say that's a pretty persuasive point. But it won't matter because they will be doing this. And if you don't like it, you'll be forced to pay for it. So tough. Right? I mean, if you don't want to pay for this uh, indoctrination of the youth of Texas with the Bible uh, in this Bible class, the only thing you can do is either leave Texas or not pay property taxes. And if you don't pay property taxes, they'll kick you out of your home. It would be nice to believe that the, this is going to be presented objectively and that they're not going to be saying, well, this is the Bible and this is how the world was created. And, you know, this is the guiding force behind world history and U.S. history. 
but that's probably what's going to happen. I doubt that in many, I mean, it's got to be applied at all schools in Texas, and I doubt that it's going to be applied in such a way that it's an academic discussion about what, how the Bible has affected world mm-hmm. history, where people can disagree and and have an intellectual conversation well, about it. Maybe you could, and I think there certainly are going to be some classrooms where that happens, I'm sure, but... What about elementary school? I mean, what kind of perspective are the elementary school kids really going to be given on the Bible uh, from a world perspective? Yeah, and it bothers me. I mean, even if you were going to do that, uh, it still bothers me because it's Bible class. Right. You're singling it out. What if I don't believe in the Bible? What if I'm a Mormon and I believe that the Book of Mormon is the actual true revelation? So. Well, you can always pull your kids from government school, but that still doesn't solve the problem of the fact that as a Mormon, you'd still be paying to indoctrinate every other kid in the uh, the county in which you live. Right. So there is no getting away from the fact that these government schools are doing things with your money that you may completely disagree with, yet you're forced to, at the threat of violence against your family, you're forced to pay for them. And I actually have an email that uh, that ties in here. And Powell says, my hatred for property tax came up in conversation with a liberal, socialist, unclear classification friend of mine. I told him it wasn't fair. Why should I be forced to pay for other people's kids' education, which apparently most of my property taxes go to? His response was that uh, he said, well, don't you and society in general benefit from an educated population? And therefore, don't you receive value in return for your ever-increasing property taxes? Powell said, I, I disagree with him, but I had a hard time coming up with a quick and well-reasoned retort to that. And I think the quick retort is, your friend there is presuming you value the education that's being given. Sure, who wants to have a bunch of numbskulls arm, you know, dragging their uh, arms on the ground, walking around, not able to uh, do simple math? I understand that nobody wants that, and I'll agree with that point. But what I don't want is the the kind of indoctrination that is going on at these schools. I'm not interested in, ha- in, in paying to have kids indoctrinated and inculcated with the belief that government can solve problems, that government is good and government is great, and I certainly don't want them indoctrinated with some sort of alternate religious belief, and I don't want to have to pay for those things. Is that unreasonable of me? It's not unreasonable. I think it's easy. It, the, the best thing to do in this circumstance, I think, is to point out that, well, yes, I do value the the effects, the benefits that come to society from a well-educated populace. That's why I think that the current government school systems a bad way to do it because they do do a pretty good job of indoctrinating people. But you don't really learn all that much in a government high school for the amount of time that you put in. At least that's been my experience is that it's just it's one size fits all and it's not an environment that works well for a lot of kids and it's a system that's not designed to work effectively the numbers but, show it i mean, I mean you... there's no incentive there the p- parents don't have to be pleased with the public school system they have they're forced to pay for it one way or the other and sure you can pay to send your kids to private school if you really don't like the the public school that your kid education that your kids are getting that much but you still have to pay for everyone else's public school education as well as your kid's education at a private institution or at a different public school if you have the money to pay for it. Yeah, the issue is choice, pure and simple. Shouldn't parents and people that don't have kids be free to choose what education models they want to support? What is the justification 
for forcing everyone to pay for, as you're saying, this one-size-fits-all model that is a relatively disagreeable model. I mean, between all kinds of different inter- interest groups, they they will never all agree on the curriculum. You'll never get everyone to come to an agreement on, okay, this is what should be taught. And I have to say, I mean, I don't just find myself disagreeing with, you know, the side that pushes curriculum like this, a Bible class in Texas, I disagree with the far other extreme of the spectrum where people want religion completely removed. In all, you know, they don't believe that kids should be able to pray if they want to in public mm-hmm. school because they believe that somehow that violates their rights if, if their child sees someone else praying if they want to. So, you know, I, I think there's all kinds of interest groups that are pushing, in many cases, very extreme positions and I don't think it would be that big a, a deal to a lot of people if they actually had a choice in where they sent their kids. I think it's a big deal because, you know, there are some atheist parents out there who don't want the idea of creation brought up at all to their kids. Mm-hmm. And there are some Christian parents out there who don't want the idea of Darwin brought up at all. And if they, they could, should all get what they want, they should all get what they want. And they could in the, in the free marketplace. Uh, oh, and the one thing to add to this is that Powell says that he is a first-time property owner now and is getting hit hard by the reality of property taxes, yeah. and that he and his wife are currently childless. And so that could be one of the ways that your neighbor or your friend or whatever is coming from to suggest that, well, you know, you still benefit even though you guys don't have kids. You, sh- you still benefit by kids being educated. Great. I'm happy to contribute money to the education of children in the way I think is best. Just because I don't have kids doesn't mean that I wouldn't find a school that I really like and contribute to them. If I had the freedom to choose, Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Uh, you can bring up absolutely anything. We're going to continue taking your phone calls here. Uh, let's go. Oh, and Mark's here, by the way. Just want to add that in. Hello. Uh, and, of course, Nick has been with us the whole night. Nick from Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio, freemindsmedia.com. Hey, Nick, what's coming up this week on Free Minds TV? Um, we're going to be talking about hot dogs, co- oh, I'm sorry, ham sandwiches, cocaine, and the Bible, the story we're talking about right now. Do they go together? Not really. I mean, they go together in that they're all in our show. In a 30-minute time on yes. Free Minds TV. And we, we do string them all together very artfully, I will say, but they're, they're not all the same story. All right, so we're going to take your calls about anything, as we always do, and we're going to start things out with Terry in Ontario, Canada. Terry, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey there. How are you doing? I just want to say before we get going here that I'm okay with liberty activists using public access television. I think that's totally cool. But I have a... It's not, you mean it's not implicitly validating the violence of the state? I don't think. I think it's gay. You think it's gay? Is that what you said? (laughs) No, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's okay. Oh, okay. We've got kind of an iffy, uh, what sounds like an, an iffy VoIP line, so I'm not sure how long we'll continue this. Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay. 
Uh, it's common practice to buy airtime on, uh, like, broadcast television, um, and because commercials are by the whole hour or half hour at a time. Mm-hmm, sure. And uh, and usually that time is Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday morning is a good time. Uh, for a liberty message, you want to target anybody, so Saturday and Sunday morning would be a good time um, to get your message out. The thing is, you'd have to buy. Uh, the value of the advertisement that they would have uh, made have they sold the the advertisements one at and, a time. And that's not cheap, um, typically, unless you're in a very small market. You're not talking about um, anything that's really affordable to most people. I mean, having worked in the radio business for all my adult life, I've worked pretty closely with stations that have the ability to sell airtime. And... You can buy radio time cheaper than you can buy television time. Sure. I mean, it, no, anybody Absolutely. that's ever looked into just buying a regular 30-second commercial knows this. Uh, so, And I've seen prices on radio time as cheap as, you know, 50 bucks an hour to thousands of dollars an hour, depending on the market size. I mean, if you want to go buy a half an hour of radio time in Los Angeles, get ready to spend $2,000. And that's probably for the, you know, the worst crappiest station uh, in the marketplace. It, you know, the, and those numbers are going to vary depending on the market size and then the viewership of the station and all, and all of that and how much, you know, uh, how much it costs to have a production crew on hand to produce your show and, and things like that. But, and that's, that's for radio. I mean, a couple thousand dollars for an hour of radio time. Imagine what that would cost for television. So what, what we're talking about here, to bring our listeners up to speed, and, and you, Mark, as well, who were not privy to the conversation earlier, is this discussion, uh, this kind of silly, uh, insanely principled, uh, absurdly principled position of saying, you know, I don't think you voluntarist type should use uh, the, the, uh, the public access channels because there was coercion involved in its formation. You know that that kind of uh, position just well, absolutely. Well, I think that if you um, if cutting you t- your nose off to spite your face, I, I think, think if you that. take a principled stand um, in 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 your uh, in your beliefs and where you're coming from, say for instance, I don't vote because it validates the system. Same thing. I yeah. think yeah, I think that that's the same kind of foolishness that um, you know it, it it paints you into a corner. Okay, well if you don't vote to validate the system, I hope you're not um, paying gas taxes, um, gas uh, taxes on your gasoline. I hope you're not paying your property taxes. I hope you're not paying doing anything else. You know this this kind of nonsense. Well, we've got to be principled. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's remember these people have guns and they don't mind using them on other people. Yeah. They're robbers. So I had you said know? I had said in response to this, like, okay, well you don't want me using the uh, the public access system so what should i do oh he said there are other options well okay well what are those because i can only other options i can think of would be to buy my own channel on the cable system which is going to be you know thousands of dollars a month probably at least or to buy piecemeal a couple hours at a time on an existing station and that's what you're talking about here tonight terry is you know what that process is like and do you have any idea how much it costs i know it it can totally range depending on all those factors you said that you know, the size of the market and the hour of the day and what kind of audience they draw anyway. Even if it is, and, and I thank you for the call, we've got an iffy connection, and I, and I know you've got some expertise uh, in, the, in the video production field, and I appreciate the call, but let's just presume it's cheap. 
let's presume it's a hundred bucks an hour for uh, for television. You know, you're going to buy, uh, like he said, early Saturday morning, six a.m., something like that. One of those slots where there's just not that many people watching, so you're paying for what you're getting, which isn't much. Uh, you know, let's just say it's a hundred bucks an hour, and I don't think you can find a cable uh, channel anywhere, any major network. Uh, any network affiliate charging a hundred bucks? I mean, they're charging hundred dollars a spot, not not a hundred dollars for an hour. But let's just say it's a hundred bucks. I don't know very many liberty-oriented organizations that have a few hundred dollars a month to spend. Because remember, you don't just want to buy one show one week. You want to keep that time slot. So it's a hundred dollars a week. So that's four hundred dollars a month. So, you know, you keep keep rolling the numbers up, man. If you can go out and find sponsors that can cover that kind of amount of money, then that's great. But most of the activists don't have the ability to go out and knock on doors and do sales, cold call people. I mean, this right. is something that this is, is a very other... unviable technique. Right. And what you have to um, understand is the reason that Free Talk Live is even in existence is because the two of us essentially can do every job. And we're now getting to the point where we're getting paid something commensurate with what we do. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for six years now. At, uh, uh, you know, don't think that you're going to put on the air a uh, television show well, or GCN a radio Well, GCN is, is appreciated, too, because oh, absolutely. they help us out a lot. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, they've, they've, they've had a system in place to be able to sell what we had up to this point. But it, it takes and they're board off screen the calls. Sure. And they do other things. So, I mean, for the most part... Free, Free Talk Live is where we are because of our efforts. We are the ones that are out there. You're pounding sure. the, the the pavement, or not the pavement, but the phones for yeah. sales, and I'm I'm calling radio stations and and doing uh, some of the marketing side of things. So I, the the idea of buying air uh, buying airtime and um, either on the radio or on the television is is just largely it's, it's just impractical. It's, it just won't work. I, I I understand where someone's coming from when they try to make that principled point. Um, I, I do get that. However. I'm of the opinion that people took the money from me by force. So I am going to use these things um, that are made available, and I'm not going to say that, no, no, I'm not going to use those. I mean, wh- why should I? Yeah. You, you took my money for them, for God's sakes. And I'll point out, it's it's sort of a roundabout way that they end up getting the money for a public access channel, because it is, as we were saying earlier, it's built, it, they have to do it, the cable company has to take the money out of what they charge their customers for cable service because they had to make a deal with the government. That wasn't their choice. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to have that particular cable company. Right, it was the customer's choice to take that cable deal. To take the the cable service from that that company, they could just go to uh, Dish installed. Yeah, they could go go to the Dish network or whoever they wanted to go to. and Download uh, the programs or go to Netflix. I mean, you can watch TV online. You can go to Hulu.com and watch TV for free. for free, I mean, you watch a spot, a thirty-second yeah. spot, and you get to watch a whole show or something like that. It's it's great. Um, so uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's the least objectionable form of a government program, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it does exist because of a government threat of force against that particular cable company, but to just let it sit there is absolutely absurd, in my opinion. There are people that watch. Uh, public access and around here at least in Keene, new hampshire it's a very well watched channel because there is no other source for local programming and until we've got some rich money bags activist that decides to move in here and launch his own television station for however much money that would cost it's just not even viable i mean when we're talking about buying the airtime on a on a uh, on a network affiliate because that's who's going to sell it to you 
because that's all there is for local television content around the country, network affiliates and the occasional independent, right? Right. The independents. Okay, but, you know, around here it's network affiliates. So if we go into the network affiliate and, uh, you know, they say, okay, it's $500 an hour, that way we can pay, because they're going to have to pay all their people. They're not going to let you get behind their HD cam and their editing decks and their uh, their mixing boards. They're not going to let you and your, you know, jokers that you've brought in to do your show actually run their equipment. So you're going to have to pay them whatever the amount is that they pay their crews. To, I mean, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars per episode. You tell me how you're going to afford that. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, They include the Facebook profile. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com. It takes you right to our Facebook uh, page. You can become a fan facebook.freetalklive.com and SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We will take your calls about anything. Meantime, i uh, got another email Email here. This one from Xander. And last night when we had Gardner Goldsmith on the the program, the issue came up about the 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 scariness of the free market and how there could be child sex. And of course, I pointed out that child sex is happening today. Kids are getting kidnapped. They're getting abducted, taken to other countries, and you know, sold into sex slavery. You also have the bizarro Christian sects that live out in the middle of nowhere in, a, in uh, Arizona and Utah, where you know, little girls are married off to 50-plus-year-old men, and they're having sex, and they run the governments there, so there's not really much anybody can do about it. So I was pointing out that you know, this is something that's actually happening now, and the government's doing very little because, well, in the first case, the black market is in charge, and it's very difficult to catch. And in the second case, they control the government, so what are you going to do? Uh, it's, it's pretty frustrating. But So this is kind of related. Sanders says, I've got an offbeat question that I was hoping to get your thoughts on. Recently, an artist whose work I enjoyed was busted for possessing child pornography, and he was then sentenced to three years in federal prison. Currently, he's already served one. Now, while I very much frown upon anyone who would possess such material and respect others' rights to have their own opinion on the situation, I find it disturbing that he was sentenced to jail for downloading material off the Internet that he had no part in creating or took part in harming others. Yes, whoever made these videos and took advantage of these kids should rightfully be punished. But if someone is in no way responsible or have any knowledge of who's responsible for making the videos... Should that person be punished? Nick, what do you think? It's it's a very difficult question. Um, I would have to say no. I don't think they ought to be. I can't believe it. Um, I I am I, I think this is a slippery slope. I am not of the opinion that anybody who's ha- who has you know some kind of likenesses of children uh, you know having sex, some you know drawings or computer renditions, and uh, you know for instance, people have been sentenced for having Simpsons porn, which is just the craziest thing. Yes. Um, and Simpsons I, child porn. I also Bart, Lisa Maggie. 
I also think that they have a tendency to you overuse this uh, this charge just if they want to get somebody. So, for instance, if you've got pictures of naked girls on your laptop, likely they're younger in the sense that they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Because Depends those, on what your thing is. I mean, right. some guys like granny porn. Ju- did I say likely? Okay. Okay, great. Um, so it's likely that... How do you know it's not a majority that likes granny porn? I mean, have you taken a poll? Because they show hot young women selling beer. Okay, fair if enough. If old, wrinkly, nasty women <laughs> sold beer well, then they would, okay? All right. <laughs> You've convinced me. Um, they, <laughs> so, go ahead. I'm, ju- I'm just going to point to out, though, that it's very difficult, especially in the Internet porn environment that exists today, to actually tell how old somebody is. This is the point that I'm trying to make, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get – I'm going to get around here if you guys would stop jumping in, um, is that the – in fact, these women will be on your, your, your laptop. They'll be close to the age of illegality because, well, 18 is legal, and then, you know, 17 and 364 days is not so the cops can go ahead and say, that's child porn right there. And then they, they bear no onus for having to prove their claim. You, right, to prove their claim. Basically, it's just a court of law. Because how do you find out? I mean, if you've and got a picture of the reputation's internet. ruined, um, even trying to fight it in the, in the process. Sure, if you've been accused of, of having child porn, it's over, right? I mean, how do, you, how do you come back from that? That's not an easy thing to do. And if you've just received a picture from somebody via email or something like that, it's not like every picture on the internet has a watermark that says, you know, this can came from this website where you can go to that website and say, let me see your records, prove that this girl was 18, because all the porn yeah. sites are supposed to have those records. But they don't. I mean, because, I mean, at this point, you have they? user-generated porn, essentially. You have right. amateur, amateur porn, porn. Sure. directly uploaded to the Internet, and there's no verification process. It's incredibly there. popular, too, on the Internet. Amateur porn, I mean, people sure. you know, want to act out their fantasies or whatever. And, so. and it doesn't even have to be... Uh, to, to, to be Child porn, it doesn't have to be very porny. It could be just some teenage girl with her shirt off um, would would qualify for this. And also, I'd, I'd like to point out that they have arrested and, and uh, ruined people's lives over baby pictures. Mm-hmm, sure. B- b- you know, breastfeeding pictures, kids in the bathtub, all kinds of stuff. It's crazy. Crazy to the point that I'm careful when I take a picture of Jack in the bathtub. Jack is the cutest, as far as I'm concerned, in the bathtub. But I'll put a little washcloth over his, his special areas when I <laughs> take real? a picture. Absolutely. Wow. Well, well, it's it's I not mean, like you're having come him developed. At, I mean, because usually when people get caught for the, the baby thing, baby pictures, Ian, it's because they've taken them on a, a film camera, have taken the film camera into Walgreens or something like that, or Eckerd. And, I've seen uh, naked baby pictures on people's walls, and they they're, you know, those people are still out and about and free. So, but but what usually happens, and I, I don't mean to besmirch Walgreens or fine fine uh, company from what I can tell. I, I mean one of those photo developing places that actually still takes rolls of film. Uh, they bring it into one of those places, and then the clerk gets all a flutter about what they see, and they call the sheriff, and the sheriff comes in. Well, that looks like child porn, and then the you know the charges are filed. I mean, in every case we, almost every case I think we've looked at, it's been something like that. So if you're if you're taking your own digital pictures at home and they're staying within you know grandma and your computer, it's very unlikely that uh, that you're going to get caught for something like that. But it's you're very right, unlikely the average person will. But then you know it's, you never you never know. you never know. Um, so. You know, I, I've done that. Now, these, to me, I don't know what the percentage is of people who get child, ch- charged for child porn um, that fall into these categories, but I bet it's a disturbingly high number. I'm not going to say half, but I'll bet it's disturbingly high. Half of what? I'm sorry. But people that, that don't actually have 
pictures of real children having you know being really sexually abused mm, okay yeah. that's what i call child porn and that's what everybody thinks of but in fact that's not what the cops think of they think of babies no. nursing they think of children in the bathtub they think of 17 year old girls when um, you know calling 18 year old girls 17 year old girls and forcing you to prove it they yeah. think of uh, you know simpsons uh, porn uh, you know cartoon characters all this nonsense and Before i think you know that it, that's be... very very dangerous stuff however i am not going to go out there and, and and uh, you know, go to the defense of somebody who says, you know, who has real live child porn on their laptop. That's all I'm going to say. Right. And as far as chi- uh, children are concerned, this is a big issue. And that is, well, where do you define child? The law defines it as under 18. Of course, some states say you can have sex under the age of 18 if you're 16. Some, some, some countries, it's also you, you know, four, 14 in Canada. It was. Is, right. It was. I believe to me, a child it. is somebody who's prepubescent. I mean, we're I talking, with that. we're talking about eight-year-olds, six-year-olds. Infants, uh, you know, yeah. I don't even know with with infants, you know, where you're, you know, what you're dealing with it because it's just it's so bizarre. But if, if we're talking about real child porn, the way I really think of child porn, I've got no, I'm I'm not defending those people. I am not in any rush to defend them either. And I would agree with the emailer that the people producing it, if it's real child porn, they should be gone after. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, your thoughts on this, or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, they're there, right there on the front page. Click download. Yours free freetalklive.com. All right. So talking about a uh, a bit of a, as he puts it in his email, Xander puts it a dicey issue, and it's kind of in relation to something that a, a discussion that was started last night on the program about the idea of, you know, young people and sexual things. In this case, it's the idea of child pornography, which when you throw that term out there, it sounds like something. Child right. pornography sounds like an awful uh, thing that involves uh, young people being exploited. But the, the, the category of child pornography is actually much wider than what it might sound like. As, Mark, you were pointing out, you could be age 16 with your 17-year-old boyfriend. You could be a female age 16, 17-year-old boyfriend. Both In a state you, where it's legal to have sex have at sex. 16. You could have sex completely legally, take a picture of that sex, and then... Suddenly you've, you've committed, committed a, a second-degree felony. You've committed the, the, you know, the felony of child pornography. And we've seen so many stories of teenagers in America who are obviously uh, able to access pornography in very many ways. We have the Internet. It's no problem to go and access uh, nudity, pornography, stuff like that. And because young people aren't taught about sex uh, by their parents in many cases in this country, they're learning about sex from their friends and from pornography. So inevitably they want to act out 
and they want to do as they see, and they want to take uh, pictures of their sexual activity. So many of them are probably taking pictures of their sex acts without even realizing that what they're doing is uh, possibly something that could land them in a jail cell. But it goes you on. You would think anyway. that you would be able to take your pictures of yourself legally, right? Doesn't that make perfectly good sure, sense? Sure, but no. Uh, apparently, no. when you take pictures of yourself, you're exploiting yourself, uh, and it's just they've madness. actually charged people for this stuff. And yes. this is what disturbs me. Uh, and, and I'm not saying I'm definitely not running to the defense of people who have actual child porn, what Meaning I consider to be child children. porn, pre-pubescent children, if forced into sex acts, uh, you know, that they've got pictures of this. I'm not running to those people, but running to the aid of those people, but what I'm scared of is that I never, ever hear what the specifics of the, the pornographic act or whatever are on the news. They just never say, unless, except in the case where they were talking about the Simpsons The teenage porn. girl, or the teenagers, when right. they're the ones that get busted, you hear about it then. But, but if it's just some guy that got popped for child porn, they never say the teenage girls in his pictures or the uh, prepubescent. They never actually specify. So when you were saying, Mark, you, you're you're speculating on how many of them are actually just guys with teenage girls that are naked or, or whatever. Right. And this you is, don't know. It really disturbs me. I'm not going to say this guy's a friend, but I met a guy and I believed his story. It, it sounds believable enough to me. He was dealing drugs in, in college, uh, you know, selling ecstasy and, and marijuana. Certainly not uh, on the right side of the law, but you know, you got to ask yourself, like, how evil is this? People in college want marijuana and ecstasy. Um, to I popular uh, recreational drugs that are illegal. Right. I don't consider it to be a particularly evil act. I consider it to be an entrepreneurial act. However, the, when the cops busted him, they came into his uh, dorm room. The, the state owned it. They could do that. And they, they you know, looked on his computer. They said, that's child porn. And he claims, and I can only believe him, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's lying. But he claims that the pictures that they said were essentially just young-looking 18-year-old girls that he had had off the Internet. It's not like he was saving them for anything. Fairly it's, legal. I mean, Hustler makes all kinds of money off of that particular... Ten years ago, that's how porn was transmitted on the, the Internet, was through these GIFs and stuff, right? I mean, they, they'd come in like yeah. zip files and things like that. I, you know, I, I, I was, didn't experience it. I was in prison. But, <laughs> you know, they, um, this is how these things went, and I absolutely do believe that, that, that story. It makes perfectly good sense to me that the cops can charge you with whatever they want. And then, so the guy's facing 99 years because, you know, they, they charge you out the wazoo with a whole bunch of charges. And then they come back and they offer a plea bargain. And I believe plea bargains are unconstitutional, antithetical to justice, and absolutely evil. Um, so they come back with a plea bargain. They offer it to the guy and say, hey, look. Uh, you know, here you take these charges. Um, we'll give you two years in the clink, and, and then you're uh, a sex offender. You know, five years uh, probation or whatever. I, I don't mean, know. I don't even know what he got. I don't even remember if he actually went to jail. Well, I don't think it, he did. I think it was all probation and some house arrest. But he's a t- sex offender at that for the rest of his life. And then he has to. He didn't know that. Um, he just took oh, the yeah, plea. Great. How would you necessarily know that? Yeah. It's not like they give you a. Uh, well, here's here are the repercussions yeah. of all the charges <laughs> that you're taking. You'll never be able to own a a, a weapon uh, for the rest of your right. life. In some states, you'll never be able to. Because you were attracted to teenage girls. Right, or whatever. And, and, And... By the way, these are the people that uh, pose for porn. Uh, If you looked at Playboy magazine, they're 18, they're 19, they're 20 years old. Two years before that, they were a felony. Yep. Yeah, I think you've nailed it down. Um... And it's just too easy for law enforcement to pi- – they love to pile charges on because they know that works for them. They don't have you know, all this messy trial or anything like that, and it's, they just do it. Yep. Beyond – I mean, I'll agree that I'm not really interested in defending people who have real child pornography, but I also think there's the issue of 
how much time they end up getting sentenced to. If you're facing 25 years for one picture that you downloaded, that's pretty me, draconian. You, you, I mean, you I, can I say concur. you did something improper there. You did something that merits jail time, but it's one of those offenses. It's a sex offense, and people tend to react emotionally to it, especially yeah. prosecutors, especially legislators who pass laws about this. And I think it, that the, it just seems to me that the punishment doesn't always fit the crime here, that you're looking at just as much time for looking at a picture that you find on the Internet yeah. as you are for actually raping producing, a child. Producing the, the picture. And I think there absolutely should be a difference between the possession of child porn that you did not produce and the child porn, that the, you know, the physical evidence right. of ch- a child rape that you committed. There's That's no, an entirely different yeah. set of charges there. I think, I, I think the, you know, the, whether or not a photo was taken, you're talking about child rape here, right? You're talking about molestation. You're talking about unwanted sexual activity with a child. Presumably, I, that, I mean, that's the the most objectionable part. That, right. like, that's what people think of when they think of child porn. And right. I think all of us in this room would object to that, and, and yeah. you know, th- this <laughs> is wrong. But let me, let's make this a little dicier here. Because last night we talked about the bizarro, sec, you know, uh, religious cults that uh, the old men have sex with 10, 12, 11. I don't know when they start. I know I've heard stories as young as 12. This um, is the FLDS. And, and I don't know if they call if they're all FLDS. I'm not going to go on that list. There's but other I, groups out there yeah. besides the FLDS that right. have their weird they sexual exist. practices. They are out there. So what if, what if, and I, I understand we're all against the idea of children being forced into a situation. But what if they weren't forced? What if these bizarro cults out in the middle of nowhere, where when they're raising their kids, it's, you know, hey, you get to hook up with this 60-year-old guy when you turn 10, and uh, that's life, girls. Uh, You know, this is what they're being programmed by their parents to believe. What if they decided to start taking photos of their uh, their sexual activity, which the, the is very unlikely. Ten-year-old girls. Yeah. What okay. if what if uh, you know sixty-year-old cult leader decides to start uh, photographing, you know, because Jesus told him to, uh, you know, take the uh, pictures of his sex acts with uh, with these girls, and they all, while we might say they're brainwashed into this, didn't say no. They didn't say, no, don't do this, I don't want this, uh, they were completely willing participants in that particular uh, category. Would you still support enforcing some sort of uh, arbitrary law on them? Well, I'm, I'm trying to decide. Are you talking about whether or not I um, is that rape? looking at the picture? Oh, is no, it no, rape? No. The, no, from the producer's perspective, if the pro- if the, you're talking about these, these people that are out in the middle of nowhere, they have a completely different perspective on life. Yeah. For them, getting married at age 10... To a 60-year-old is completely normal. Having sex at age 12 with a 70-year-old man is, you know, the way things are. It's very different from our uh, lifestyle. I'm trying to decide here whether you're asking me whether somebody who's looking at a picture from not the picture, not the viewers. No, no, no. Is it rape? I don't think the viewers are ever committing a crime. I don't think a uh, 10-year-old. I don't think a 10-year-old can make the decision whether or not to have sex with an adult. Sorry. I would agree. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You I can, think it should be. I think that should be taken in consideration at sentencing that um, you know that the, the, this was a willing person and this was the way the society was set up or whatever. But I don't think they can really make a consent. This is free.
Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free. And if you enjoy this program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. And uh, you can learn all kinds of different ways to get Free Talk Live on more stations and into more ears on the Internet. Uh, So head over to promote.freetalklive.com. Talking about an issue that is, uh, as our emailer puts it, dicey. And there's no doubt about it. Um, We're in the, the realm of the bizarre, talking about specifically these cults. These religious sects that live out in the middle of nowhere that have, uh, well, some very different beliefs from the average American. Uh, you know, they believe that men should be able to have multiple wives that are 12 years old. Uh, that's just what they do. It's part of life for them. This is the, the natural way for these people you and I might vehemently disagree with that. We might say that's a little bizarre. We might say some people might say it's wrong. Uh, but I think that they should be free to make those choices for themselves. I think that uh, some people would say that it's a crime to just simply marry a girl that's uh, that's 13 well, years old. Adults really... are making the decision, though. That, that's right. the problem that I have is that the girls are, in most of these cases you're talking about, they don't have a choice. They don't say, I'd like to marry you. They it's, don't know they can't. Some, right. Well, yes, but I, I think it's not even an option for them. Well, it's not an option because somebody is is essentially telling them they have to. Well, they've so been brainwashed. No, they've been brainwashed into. Is it coercion? It's if not even been brainwashed. brainwashed. It's, it's like they've been raised that way. Well, and okay, so if yeah, that's what I mean. But, but, yeah, but I mean, it's from it's, our perspective, they, it's brainwashing. But brainwash sort of uh, indicates that in fact your brain was, uh, you know, it was before it was washed. It had some other uh, idea. They, these people are raised that way. They really yeah. don't know any difference. And if you think about it, I'm not saying I advocate. I'm advocating for what these people are doing but if you're if, if they're raised the idea that the girls are going to get married at uh, you know 10 11 12 13 to some 60 year old guy their brothers are going to be kicked out of the um you know i think that's the bigger crime by the way is kicking the boys out rather than marrying the girls having sex with them and, and you know them having children at, at young ages i think that that's dangerous for them um physically but i think that really what they're doing with the boys is is the larger crime there in my opinion i don't know i'd I think I'd rather be kicked out than have to, you know, stay there. They they don't have to stay. They could leave if they really wanted to. If they they want to wander through the desert. (laughs) These guys aren't exactly right next to an urban center. They're going in town to Walmart and stuff like that now and then. If these girls wanted to, you know, to hit the pay phones or whatever and call the cops, they could do that. It's, they some don't even do, know some better. Don't. Now, you, you may about, be wrong about that, Mark. Uh, there, there are, I believe there are some of these cults where these girls are not allowed to go into town. The FLDS story from Texas, that was happening. But these are, as Nick pointed out, not necessarily FLDS. These are just bizarro right, sure. cults that are out in the middle of nowhere. If they want badly enough to escape, it isn't prison, yeah. okay? Um, they could really do that. Um, there is intimidation. I, I, don't, I don't want to argue uh, which one's worse, the Good, girls then, or the Hold boys. on, because we're going to the phones. Uh, WSVG... Uh, 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 Mount Jackson, Virginia, Chris is on the line. Chris, you're on Free Talk hey, Live. Hey, I tell you what, you know, I've called you guys once before to disagree with you about some issues, but I want to really compliment you this time on uh, taking on a topic that nobody else will really address. It is such a knee-jerk reaction that people have just mentioned the word child pornography, and it's like, oh, my God, what horrible people, horrible things. I think you have to look at other parts of the world here again where I think I believe the age of consent 
and Holland is 16, and you can have pictures out of 16-year-olds, and there's no issue there. I think what you need to look at is the age of consent laws, because anytime a child is forced to do something against their will, be it boy or girl, that is a serious crime, and those perpetrators deserve serious, serious punishment. But society needs to be able to determine when that child can make a determination on their own. Is that 10 years old? I think that's way too young. But is it 18? That's way too old. And then a great book, I wish I had the title of it, is a book called The History of Sex, which looks back into the time we had Mount Vesuvius blow up, and you look at the... Uh-oh, we lost him. Damn it. Well, call back, Chris. Points, yeah, if you get a, if you get a chance, uh, find a better cell and uh, get back on the line. Well, what he was getting into there with the history, I did want to touch on because I believe if you read Romeo and Juliet, I believe they were what fourteen and fifteen. I that think they point? were actually thirteen and fourteen. Um, I, which, I think we're talking about some very young people, which at the time was not weird. I mean, no. it, it, I mean, the idea was that they were having a romance. Presumably, they were having sex. You, they don't really get. I into don't think that. anybody would be shocked if you said, in fact, Romeo and Juliet had sex. And throughout most, I'm, and I'm not saying this is the right way to do things because things have been very wrong throughout most of human history, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. throughout most of human existence, in many societies, it has not been uncommon for 13 and 14 to be seen as the age where. That's perfectly acceptable to get married, well, have kids, and there were there were real reasons for it. A lot of people died by the time they were thirty. Well, you can do that legally in some states, right? Is get married at I young, believe young in ages. New Hampshire it's thirteen and fourteen, and I believe girls can go younger than boys, or it's one way or the other. But but you, you, if you think about it, you can get married, but it's against the law in the state to have sex. I mean, what what, what I mean, Depends but you can do state. that, but the state won't do anything. The state um, has some very clear rules on the marriage bed, as they call it. So as yeah. long as you get your state your underage sex license <laughs> from the state, you're in the clear. And right? That is the case in many many states have very low ages of consent. I think if you look it up on there was some website that was commenting. Uh, I think Hawaii, the age of consent. I don't know if it's the age to marry. Is 12, so presumably the you know the age of at one point it was 12. They may have opted at this point because they took some heat for that. But at some point you have to say, well, if the state is actually sanctioning this and saying it's legal if you have a marriage license, then why is it a heinous act if you don't? Or maybe it is a heinous act, but why is it then legal to do <laughs> yeah, exactly. it with the marriage license if you pay the state the money and get the piece of paperwork? It's, it doesn't make sense. It, it really is inconsistent, and, and that's I, I, that's what I feel that's, the biggest problem with, about it is. And I also feel that the the, the biggest problem with child sex is the... Um, is wait, to some are we talking ex- about teen sex or child sex? Well, um, I, I think to some extent all of it is the, the onus that we wrap into it all. Like this, It's very significant. It's very important. Important. If it wasn't important, if people didn't get all upset and all bound up about it, then it wouldn't be nearly the issue that it is, if you know what I mean. Like, to some extent, it's for people. Uh, it's an emotional. People are imparting something emotionally onto it. That's, it's really sex isn't right. as much of a life changing event. I mean, a rape would be arguably a, a lot of people who are molested. do have lifelong problems, but sex in and of itself, really, it's not that big a deal once you actually end up having it. It's. 
it's not, I'm not le- advocating. It's not some mind-shattering event for 99% of the people out yeah. there. I'm not advocating for this or anything like that. I don't think that uh, it's a good place for a culture to go. However, cultures have been doing this throughout human history. Um, and, you know, the, the Greeks who gave us, what, democracy and, uh, you know, plays and math and just you know, great things. The I don't know about is, the democracy. It beats the crap out of, uh, of, of autocracy, which is pretty much what you had at that point um you know alexander the great getting glory by going out and slaughtering tens of thousands of people um so democracy superior to that in my opinion but you know you're looking at you, you look at these greeks and it was just common it was common practice i, I think that uh, that doesn't mean all their practices were good though either. i think I that mean, wasn't um alexander the great actually taught by aristotle it's likely yes, that so. aristotle and alexander the great did it you know, I mean, that's really the way it was. <laughs> it's very, very likely true. that that's what went on, and the way they and was that criminal? No, it was it was a consensual act. You know, as long as it wasn't rape, I, I think people, I think the weirdos in the desert should be left alone. And I, I understand that some people want to go out there and rescue kids from that. And if that's what you feel called to do, then I think that's fine too. I think that that's great. I don't want to get involved in it. I don't want to start any sort of conflict with those people. As far as I'm concerned, they have their own little world. They live in it. They don't bother me in my world. So, I mean, the only uh, only way I know about them is that occasionally somebody will escape from there and it'll make the news and you'll see a daytime television show about it. I saw an Oprah special about it once and that was how I came across my it. My biggest problem with whether you're talking about child porn or some of the child sex laws there on the book is that they are knee-jerk laws, and I'm not saying we should do away with them altogether, but they just they don't take into account any kind of... There's no degrees there. Right. It's either child porn or it's not. It's either child rape or it's not. There's Here's no distinction interesting... between a 17-year-old and a, and a 7-year-old, and it really, in many cases, it doesn't matter whether the person's a willing participant or not. Yeah, it's it's funny. Here's a, a, a you know a little scenario that was given to me via email. Is a 13 year old boy goes into a coma for five years. He wakes up at 18, meets a girl who's 15. They have sex. Is there a rape? And if so, who's raping whom? I mean, you're essentially talking about a 13 year old boy in a um, you mentally know, eight, in a 18 year old man's body having sex with a girl that's you know psychologically two years his senior, but three um, three years his chronological junior. Certainly, it's, wow. it's a low. Uh, it, it's an unlikely scenario. It's a great example. But the though. fact is, the state will put him in prison for it. Yep, and we'll all be forced to pay for it. We're out of time tonight. Benny in here with you. And Nick. And Mark. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.